Praise the Lord. Welcome to the broadcast today. Cross time with Pastor Curtis, and I happen to be that guy. And uh, we're excited you've tuned in, whether you are a every week listener. I thank God for all of those that do listen every week and share this message on social media and with their friends, relatives, and co-workers. And those of you who may be watching for the first time, whatever day it is, whether it's today live or it's later uh, at a later date. And I just thank God that you found uh, a place where you can hear the Word of God taught and preached in truth. And you can learn the Word of God because it's only as we hear the Lord speaking to us according to His Word in the context of Jesus Christ and what He did at Calvary, that faith can come, and when faith comes, faith always overcomes. And I'm thankful for you. And I want to let you know today that we have a book that we're offering. We've been offering this for a while. I'm already working on another book entitled God's Grace is God at Work. But right now, this is the only one we have printed. All God's works are done in truth, derived from Psalms 33 and 4, for the Word of the Lord is right, and all His works are done in truth. Can I say that one more time? All God's works are done in truth. When you come to that conclusion that God is right, and He is because He said His Word is right, and all His works are done in truth, and truth being a man named Jesus, and what He did at Calvary to make that work applicable to your life through your faith, then confusion will go out the window and clarity will come to your heart and the Holy Spirit will be able to do so much more in your life. Little 62-page booklet, $15, just sow into this ministry. Get this book. It'll help you, your family, and all those you work with. I promise you God won't let you down. He'll bless you. Just send your check or money order to 610 Highway 59, Queen City, Texas, 75572. Or you can log into the website, The Cross crosswaychurch.com, hit the donate button, pay through PayPal, and we'll send you the book immediately. So uh, we're just blessed to be here today. And if you're living anywhere in our region, Texarkana, Queen City, Atlanta, and uh, I just want you to know this is not a Crossway Church worship service. And, and these uh, Friday morning Bible studies are really about you just bringing your Bible and coming for an hour-long Bible study. That's We're not trying to get you in our church. We're trying to get you in the Word of God so that you can learn the truth that's written in the Word of God, that you, your life can become what God uh, intended it to be for His glory. Amen? Amen. Praise God. So, uh, we're in the book of Galatians, the letter to the Galatian church written, not only to them, but also written to us. And uh, we're just excited that we can be sharing this Word. Uh, you can find the almost the entire teaching, year-long teaching, of the book of Ephesians that we did last year, uh, almost 51, 52 weeks of teaching on Ephesians on my YouTube page at Curtis Hutchinson 316. So I pray that you would avail yourself to learn the Word of God so that you can become uh, what God's called you to be. So Galatians 1 and 12 is where we will begin today, but before we do, let's ask the Lord to give us our daily bread that we desperately need today. Father, we thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to stand before you, to learn from you, to have your word, to Lord, to have this measure of faith that you've given us so that we can keep it maintained in the sacrifice of your son Jesus and and then that will allow you to teach us your word, that your word really would become the light to us that Jesus claims he is, and we could be led by your spirit in this great path of righteousness. Lord, we ask you for a revelation of Jesus today, Lord, that we might grow in his knowledge, in his grace, and we give you all the praise for it today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, here we are in verse uh, 12 of Galatians chapter 1. And let me say before we dig in that this letter again, and I've said this before, but this letter was written to a group of people who weren't really Greeks. They were Gauls, and they had been barbarians until Paul had come and preached the, the gospel to them. And, and they were born again and filled with the Spirit and living uh, for God until the uh, the Judaizers came along, the, the men of 
the old Mosaic system just couldn't stand it to, to think that God was doing something new, that, that this Jesus had been the one. And, and they were trying to, even the ones that might have accepted him, were still trying to live according to the law. And they didn't believe that Jesus and what he did at Calvary alone could save. They, they said, really, you can't be saved unless you follow the, the teaching of the law of Moses. And uh, they, I want you to know, those days are over, my friend. No one ever was saved under the law of Moses except through faith in the sacrifice. The law never saved anybody. The law still can't save anybody. But the law was always there to point us to the one that would come and justify us by faith, Galatians chapter 3. But it also held us shut up unto the faith. We were bound under the law. The law is not of faith, and anything not of faith is sin. So therefore, in the Old Covenant, the priest had to keep going over and over and over offering the sacrifices of animals that pointed to the one that would come who would be the final sacrifice who would not have to keep doing it every day but would be so complete and perfect he could go back to heaven with his father and be seated as a sign of completion at the right hand of his father something the Old Testament priests never did they never sat down because it was never over but when Jesus poured out His blood, gave His own life. He was then enabled by the Spirit because of that death to go and be seated at the right hand of the Father. And my friend, that is a sign that it was a complete work. It was finished. And today we don't have to live by the things that people come and tell us we have to do. We live by faith, and that being the faith of the Son of God that loved us and gave Himself for us exclusive. That's it. That will cause the Holy Spirit to lead us into all sorts of works that are only found in Christ, but everything else is just us. So these these were ex-barbarians. They were Gauls that, that had streamed into uh, a place where Paul could minister to them, and they were saved, as I said, filled with the Spirit. But as soon as you're born again, the, the enemy, because he's lost you out of his kingdom, now he's going to come and try to make you uh, get in a place where God can't function in your life. And there is a place. It's called under law. And Paul taught that, and I can't wait to get there. And we've already went through the, one of the the teachings on this in Galatians 1 and verse 6, and the next uh, uh, great move that, that will speak specifically on this is in chapter 5. Don't turn there. That's not where we are today. Go there after the teaching. But Paul would tell the church here in Galatia, and you and me today, later on in his writings, that if you go back to them, if you go back to doing something to try to uh, get saved or to live sanctified by the doing of things, then Christ won't be able to affect you or profit you at all because you've fallen from grace. And God forbid that happens. I've already been there. Most preachers and congregations are there today. Not being ugly, but that's a reality because they've lost sight of the cross. So here we say in verse 11, let's back up like we do every week before we dig into where we really are. In verse 11, but I certify you, that means I make known to you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. Man didn't give it to me. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Paul here wants the Galatians to understand, man didn't give me this. It didn't come by man. It came exclusively by my revelation of Jesus Christ. When Paul met Jesus on the road to Damascus, he had a revelation of Jesus, a revelation of the one who the Word was written about, the one who he would immediately say, Lord, what would you have me do after he asked him who he was? And Jesus said, I am Jesus, the one in whom you persecute us. And then Paul had that revelation, this is Jesus. Lord, what would you have me do? And from that point on, the Holy Spirit would begin to reveal Jesus to him from the Scriptures. And we'll see that even as we go through this teaching. He says, I didn't receive it of man, neither was I taught it. Now, you got to stop right there and think about that. Man didn't give it to Paul. Man the disciples didn't give it to him. You know why no man gave it to him? Because no man had it. There wasn't a man that had it to give. 
And even though we have it here, you need to hear this today, even though we have the revelation of Jesus Christ and Him crucified, it has come to us by the Spirit of God through what God gave the Apostle Paul by the Spirit. No man can really give it to you. We can share with you what God gave Paul to write, but we can't impart it into your heart. We can't make you believe it. You and God have to get together and you have to come to the conclusion that Jesus Christ died for my sins. I accept that. I'm forgiven. I'm saved through that and that alone. And now I'll walk with my faith in that or I'm going to be carried back to the place of doing. The Judaizers today are all around trying to get us back. Back to what? Back from preaching the cross. Don't preach the cross. That's old news. Preach the new things. You ought to come to our church and and see what God is doing in our church. It's a new thing. Can I assure you today, my friend, that God is not preaching a message outside of His Word in the context of Christ and Him crucified, for that is the power of God. That's the only message that allows the Holy Spirit to impart and graft His Word into your heart and perform His Word in your life, causing His will to take place, glorifying God. Do you understand that? God doesn't perform anything but His Word in truth in our lives, and He performs that effectually. That means when He's effectually working, there is fruit to be seen. He's effectually, He's affecting us, and He's working in us and through us, and when He is, that's to be seen. But Listen, the, the, the Judaizers today are saying you speak yourself into existence. You, you confess your prosperity. You, you speak, you know, the ministries on television that tell you the, 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 their deceit in the name of the ministry. The believer's voice of victory. No, this believer's victory comes in the blood, not my voice. Hallelujah. I have no victory except through the blood. Not me speaking the blood, but me trusting in the blood with a heart, not lips, praise God. Lips can say anything. The heart believes unto righteousness. Then the mouth confesses. But if the heart's not believing unto righteousness, that means faith in the cross. The lips mean absolutely nothing. Amen. I'm reminded, as I've been saying here the uh, last couple of services, about old Saul, King Saul in the Old Testament. God told him to go somewhere and wait on him for seven days. And you know what? He went and he waited for seven days. But he didn't wait on the priest to get there, the prophet Samuel. He just went ahead and offered sacrifices. Well, can I tell you today that partial obedience is disobedience with God? He went, he waited seven days, but he didn't wait long enough, and God didn't like it. And when God showed up through the prophet Samuel, Samuel said, well, we, we, I forced myself. It's what the Bible says, I forced myself to offer sacrifices. It, it got so heated and the enemy got so close, I, I forced myself. And listen, you can't use the sacrifice to manipulate God. And later, God, through the prophet Samuel, would tell Saul to go into this place, this nation, this city, and destroy everything there. And you know what? Saul went in and he destroyed, but he didn't destroy everything. He kept the best what, here it comes, he kept what he thought he should keep. You see, ours is not to choose which part we will obey. And when the Lord brought correction and told him he was taking the kingdom from him, you know what Saul said? Saul tried to manipulate God again with the sacrifice. Saul said, well, I kept the best to sacrifice to God. And there's a lot of folk running around today trying to manipulate God with the words, the cross, the cross, the cross. Our faith is in the cross our lives are obedient. I didn't say perfect. We make mistakes. We still sin at times. But there is a difference, my friend, from someone touting all about the cross and someone literally having faith in the cross, the Holy Spirit now empowering them to live an obedient life. They stand out. They stand out. And God is displeased today with disobedience. He's grieved at disobedience. I know there are people on Facebook, people in pulpits talking about it's not about what we do. Christ did it all. And there's some truth in that. He did everything it takes for us to live saved. The question is, are you living saved? 
Because we can grieve the Holy Spirit. We don't do what we do to be saved. We do what we do because we are saved with proof that our faith is in our salvation given us. And when we stop living saved, it's because we've followed some Judaizer away from the cross. Well, you really don't. Here it comes. Here's, here are the Saul's today. Are you ready for this? Well, you don't have to go to church to be saved. You know I'm saved. I believe in Jesus. You know, I don't have to go to church, so I, I don't have to give tithes and offerings to be saved. And those are factual statements. You don't have to tithe or go to church to be saved because neither can save you. But if your faith is in the cross then you're going to be looking for a house to be planted in. You'll be looking for a house to support. You're going to be praying. You're going to be a student of the Word. Not to get saved, but because you are. And touting off, well, I don't have to do all these things that the Bible says I should be doing because of the cross. No, that's a Saul, spirit of Saul. You know what they would say? Well, nobody's perfect. The devil's still talking to you. He's telling you factual things. But if your faith is in the cross, then you're going to be led by the Spirit of God. And again, let me remind you, I didn't say perfect, but you're going to be being led by His Spirit, changed. And you're going to be fruit in your life. And the excuses you've made up all your life are going to begin to cease. Amen, Brother Curtis. He says in verse 13, For you have heard of my conversation in time past in the Jews' religion. How that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it. Think about that. When did that stop? When Paul had a revelation of Jesus. As long as Paul was in that, what the Bible here calls the Jews' religion, and if you look at verse 14, it's, it, it gives that, that two word, and really it's two words there, and we, I pray you look it up when you get home. It, it's a word that comes, these two words make one word, and the one word is Judaism. It's Judaism. He says in, in verse 13, For you have heard of my conversation, my lifestyle, my behavior in time past in the Jews' religion. How that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it. Can I say there's a great revelation and illumination here if you'll just see it by the power of the Holy Spirit. As long as you're under law, as long as he was a Judaizer, as long as he was a part of the Jews' religion, he persecuted a true move of God. Those under law are going to persecute, criticize, slam, dunk, put down, push away those who are in a true move of God. And according to Galatians and the rest of the New Testament, the true move of God is those who have their faith exclusively in the cross. And, and God is able to bring them back from their psychology and all their classes they're teaching and the conferences they're attending to try to uh, get something from man. Just men serving men and Instead of coming back to Calvary, the only place we can serve God, Romans 6 bears that out. And until we do, we're just in the Jews' religion. We may be a Christian, but we've been duped, man. We've been seduced. We've been, we've been blinded. You know, and man, that's going on all around us in every town, every city in America. Even if it's a town that doesn't have but 200 people, there's some Judaizers in that town trying to dupe the Christians who are wanting, desiring truth and to live for God never fails. Whenever the Lord begins to deal with you about bringing you back to a place of true faith and grace, the enemy and your flesh are going to team up and make all the excuses that can be made as to why you are right where you are. And surely God wouldn't have allowed you to do 30, 40 years of ministry and it be wrong. Can I tell you God will allow you to do 30, 40, 50, 60 years of ministry and you be wrong if you reject teaching that comes to your doorstep such as this today and other times and other ministers speaking into your life by God, but you're hanging on to what you've had until you come back to the cross, then that means you're hanging on to what you've had. You've got to let go, my friend. You've got to let go of all that that you've held dear to because it's just the Jews' religion. God can't use psychology in the church. If you believe He can, then you're not really a Bible believer because we don't live by what man thinks. We live by what God thinks. And God thinks what He's told us in His Word, Amen. And 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 psychology is man's answer for man's dilemma. 
That's why preachers are in these crazy denominations. They're just serving each other. They have conferences where many preachers come just so they can fill their schedules for the year. They don't know they're doing it. They're living in ignorance. They've duped. They've been duped by the enemy, the legalist and the works of men. Listen, they've heard the message of the cross, but they think that belongs to another man, another ministry. We've got something else going. No, they don't have anything else going. That's what the book of Galatians is about. You have missed it. You've been removed yourself from the one that called you unto grace. And you got all tangled up in men trying to please men. And the reason you won't come out from among them is because you fear them. I love you enough to tell you the way it is. And you got to get mad before you get glad. So, uh, Let's back up a little bit, and I, want, I don't want to leave this verse 12. We tried to, but we, we can't leave that too quick. The revelation of Jesus Christ is how we're taught. It's how Paul received the revelation of the gospel. And Peter would even write that our growth would be in the knowledge and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not, not our grace the knowledge and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the knowledge He lived by, the knowledge that took Him to the cross, the faith that He lived by, the faith that took Him to the cross, the grace that He lived by, the grace that took Him to the cross. That becomes ours when our faith remains in who He is and what He did at the sacrifice. That's the only way we can grow, for through the cross comes the revelation of Jesus Christ. Because that is what makes... Our eyes open. That's what brings us into Christ. His death. Our faith in His death. Romans 63. Don't you know that as many as have been baptized into Christ have been baptized into His death, immersed into who He is on the cross. We had to die with Him before we could be buried with Him and raised to newness of life in Him. And it's all about the cross. I've been preaching it for 12 years. I won't stop until the rapture or I fall dead. And praise God, because there is no power outside of the Holy Spirit who is God and will not work outside of the truth. People need to come to that conclusion. The Bible tells us that. All God's works are done in truth. This is why Paul would write this letter to the Galatians, which is so uh, relevant to us today, because we've gotten off track in the Holy Spirit's trying to bring us back to faith and grace. Not what we call it, but what it really is according to the Bible. So it's only by the revelation of Jesus Christ that we receive the good news of the gospel, that we can walk in the good news of the gospel and, and, and have more of the good news of Jesus Christ revealed to us. That's what we're growing in, His knowledge and His grace, praise God. It's not, uh, see, we've forgotten that. We, we've got away from that. Many, many years, hundreds of years, we've been distracted and, and brought by the wayside to the point now that if you begin to tell most people who are saved the truth, we've been so brainwashed they look at you like you don't know what you're talking about. Why are you trying to tell me about the cross? And I speak from experience because I was there. Why are they trying to tell me about the cross? I'm, I'm so far past that. I'm spirit-filled. Let me tell you something. You never get beyond faith in the cross. If you do, according to the New Testament, especially this letter, you've, moved, you've removed yourself from the one that called you unto this grace. Amen. That's what this letter's about. And it wasn't just to a bunch of people back then. It's to you and me today that we have to guard our heart. So the only way that we can be taught... The gospel is through the revelation of Jesus. Think about that. The only way that God can teach us anything today is through the revelation of Jesus. Well, no, brother, I just got my Bible. And a preacher said that. I went and preached, and when I got through preaching and left the next day at work, a man came to me and he said, You know what, Brother Curtis, I, I don't know what's wrong with our preacher, but... After you got up and left, he said, oh, I don't know about all that. All I got to do is believe my Bible. Well, Jesus said the Bible was about him. John five thirty nine. It's not about you and your ministry and your, your denomination and all this, that, and the other. The Bible will do me absolutely no good until the Holy Spirit shows me Jesus in the Bible. It's all about him. That sounds good, but no, let me say it in reality. Here it comes a better way. It's all about Him. 
Every message, every song, every teaching, every post on social media, it's all about Jesus or it's not. Amen. Sounds good on the website. Sounds good uh, on, 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 on the magazine. But is that what is coming across from the pulpit? Jesus being revealed so that the Holy Spirit can reveal what God's Word is really about, so that the Holy Spirit can really perform the truth of God's Word in us. He's not performing anything else. He only works in truth. He only performs the truth in which we will believe. Amen. Praise God. I'm going to preach myself happy today. Glory to God. Verse 13, For you've heard of my lifestyle, <coughs> my behavior in time past, and the Jews' religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it. Think about that. Beyond measure. He didn't play a little role. Well, yeah. No, Paul, beyond measure, he went beyond. Man, he, every day he would wake up, i got to do more to persecute them. And that happens if you're a part of the Jews' religion. That happens under law. I've already said it. It happens under law. I, 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 the Lord showed me years ago, I let me be around the experience. I watched two women get saved. I worked with them, and, and they were, man, excited about their salvation. They begin to grow. They begin to walk with the Lord. And, and one of the ladies just began, man, the, the, the foul language fell off, and then the, the smoking fell off, and everything that wasn't good didn't please God, wasn't a, a witness unto God and a testimony to everybody that everything that hurt their witness, this lady, man, her, she was it was just falling off of her. And this other one got to a certain point, and she stopped. She wouldn't go any further, and then she she started saying, "Well, you ain't got to do it. You ain't got to you. Yeah, no, it ain't about all that." And she stopped. See, this this salvation is not about getting to a certain point and stopping. And I've never seen one person stop that didn't eventually start throwing rocks at those that chose to go on. Calling, calling them holier than thou, holy church roller. Oh, you think you're all the... There's all the name calling starts, then the rock chunking starts. And, and let me tell you something. It's time to just go on with them, praise God. Amen. Those that, that, that think they're... Well, I, you know, I, that's enough, you know. And I know we're all in different places in our growth, but you got to watch yourself. If you start criticizing those that are going on with the Lord... That ought to be a good sign for you that there's something wrong with your faith because God is not withholding anything good from those who will walk uprightly before Him. And Sunday morning, we're going to talk about that right here at Crossway Church. I hope you tune in. For you've heard my, of my lifestyle and time past in the Jews' religion. Everybody say, Jews' religion. Jews, not many people here today because it's cold in Texas and we Texans don't like to get out when it's cold. How that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it. Notice, he calls, he, 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 two things here contrary to each other. The Jews' religion and the church of God. They're two different things. Pretty awesome. And he says he wasted it. And the word wasted means uh, ravaged, spoiled, ruined it. He, destruction by violence. Go in, drag mama, daddy, kids all out. Take them to jail, lock them up because they're believing in false doctrine. They're trying to spread false doctrine. They're just, they're just, all this Jesus stuff and they wasn't having it. But when Paul met Jesus, he left the Jews' religion and stepped into the church of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Today, you can come out of the Jews' religion, Judaism, works, salvation by works, which does not exist, it's deception, and you can step into the church of God, saved by grace through faith, only by the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. You can have that today, and not only can you have it for salvation initially, but you can be led by the Spirit each and every day if you keep your faith there and you don't go back to the non-effectual, the non-prophet, Prophet place where Christ can't 
profit you under the Jews' religion of speaking the words. That's the power of God. Or doing this. Or fasting for deliverance from sin. Or all these things. The, the Emmaus walk. The purpose driven. The this. The that. They're all one big golden idol calf before God. Anything outside of exclusive faith in the cross eliminates you from the place God works called grace. Mm. Let me read this. I got it in my notes. Notice Paul calls what the Jews have a religion. And the two words, Jews' religion, are really one word, which means Judaism. And as long as Paul believed in Judaism, the law, I've already said this, saying it again, he persecuted the true church. Happens, it's happening right now. It's happened ever since. Those who are living by law say things about us like they're still stuck at the cross. You know, they're, they're, they, they, they just got there. They got stuck. They need to move ahead. They need to come on into, man, we're living in a new era. We're living in a new time. Things have changed. There's a paradigm shift. <laughs> All this stuff that man brings to the table. Can I tell you, it's one sacrifice that'll get you to God. It's one sacrifice, that same sacrifice, that'll keep you in His grace. Everything else, faith in anything else, will remove you from that. Remove you. I don't care what anybody comes along and says. They can sit down, we can show them in the Word, plain English. That's how it works. Uh, Note that he uses this word again in verse 14, the Jews' religion. Once the Christian removes his faith from the cross and places it somewhere else, the obvious criticism and eventual persecution will begin toward those who maintain their faith there. It's going to happen. Uh, Let's look at Acts chapter 8 verse 3 that tells us this. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house. And hailing, H-A-L-I-N-G, which means dragging away, men and women committed them to prison. What was a great power they had, wasn't it? To put Christian believers in jail. He, 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 the Bible says he made havoc. He ravaged. He, he ransacked. And can you imagine somebody knocking on your door? Because they know you're a a believer of Christ. Not just a believer on Christ, but one who says it's only through Christ. It's only through the the sacrifice of Christ that gets us saved and, and sanctified, and that's it. He literally meant it was finished, everything we would need. He did there. And they drag you and your entire house away. I wonder how many Christians' homes, if the door was knocked on today, and they saw people there ready to take them to prison, that they would opt out. Can I tell you who they are, mainly? They're those who are rejecting the message of the cross today. Don't want to hear it. And again, let me remind you, there are people in churches who just won't use the phrase, the message of the cross. They won't use the phrase, Christ and Him crucified, because they've accredited that to another ministry. It doesn't belong to any of us. We didn't come up with any of it. Paul says, I didn't even get it from a man. He was given this gospel through the revelation of Jesus. And every person who's able, by the power of the Spirit, to come back out of law to this true faith is going to be those who God shows finally what your end's not working. But then you're going to have to believe Him and let go of it and, and not for 40 years try to make it work. Because it won't work. Because God ain't in it. Mm. So we see here in verse 14 again, he mentions the Jews' religion. And profited in the Jews' religion above many, my equals, in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous of the traditions of my fathers. The word profited there means he grew and increased. If you're profiting, and when you look that word up, you'll see when it says he profited, it means he grew and he increased. 
And that's really what the word profit means. It means there's growth there. There's increase there if you're profiting. So when he later tells this same church he's writing to in this letter that if you follow the Judaizers, if you do go and get circumcised believing them that you've got to have that to be saved, then Christ can't profit you. He can't grow you anymore. He can't bring increase to your life anymore. It's the same word. that He's using it here in that he profited. He grew and he increased, but it was only a growth and an increase in something God wasn't in any longer. It wasn't growth and increase of the Holy Spirit. It was growth and increase in man's religion, the Judaizers, law that was over with. It was the Mosaic law was done with. I have something highlighted in my Schofield Bible down here. I read this morning that says the new dispensation of grace having come in, the Mosaic system, if still persisted in, becomes a mere Jew's religion. Any faith in anything outside of the new covenant which God gave to Paul will be mere religion of men. When we avoid preaching the cross because we give that, well, that's what God gave them. God's giving us something else. No, my friend, He's not giving you anything else. That's men giving you something else. That's why you have to go buy another book and get all tangled up in what you think God is now giving you. If it's not taking you to the cross, it's not God giving you anything. It's the enemy and your flesh. Amen. And preachers who stand in the pulpit and share God's Word outside of truth, God's wrath is revealed from heaven against them. Do you understand that Romans chapter 1 verse 18 talks about the wrath of God, the wrath from heaven is revealed against those, revealed against those, let me say that again, revealed against those who hold God's truth in unrighteousness. And that's not hailstones coming from heaven and like, that's a different wrath, a different word that will be later used and seen in the great tribulation. But today, God's wrath is just simply God's opposition against. And when God is opposing you, you'll, you'll, it's because your faith is not in the cross anymore. You're using God's word to point to something else. You're using God's truth in a way of unrighteousness. Which means nobody can really get saved. Nobody can really be led by the Spirit because He only leads in the path of righteousness that comes through the knowledge of the truth. And the Bible says righteousness is only revealed in the Gospel. Romans 1 and 17. The righteousness of God is revealed in the Gospel for initial salvation, for the the, the right path to be led by, by God. He only leads in the path of righteousness. So, the question is, well... How do we know who God is opposing? Read the book of Galatians. And who is it that, see, who is it here on earth that knows that? If the wrath of God that's revealed from heaven against those from, who are holding the truth in a place of unrighteousness, who's seeing it? Those who are walking with their faith in the Word of God in truth in the righteous way. Yes, we have eyes to see those false ministers. We have judged by their fruit. The fruit of what they preach. False doctrine. Jews' religion. They don't use the Word of God in the context of Jesus and what He did at Calvary. My friend, And if we're not using it in that context, then we're holding it in a place of unrighteousness. And when we do, the people perish. For the lack of knowledge. But we won't be able to blame the false teachers on Judgment Day because God told us to be students of the Word. Amen. So, where are we? Here we are. Paul was exceedingly zealous of the traditions of his fathers in the religion above most of his equals in the entire nation. And I want to read to you what Paul wrote about himself in Philippians chapter 3 verses 4 through 8. Amen. Time for a drink. Paul says in Philippians 3, verse 4, Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinks that he has whereof he might trust in the flesh, listen, Paul said, if we trusted in the flesh, I got more to trust in than all you. 
If we're, if we're talking about trusting in what we've done, who we are in the flesh, Paul says, I got more than you. Watch what he says. Circumcise the eighth day of the stock of Israel. That means his, his life is measuring up to the commandments of the law. Of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin. Oh! A Hebrew of Hebrews, as touching the law, a Pharisee. That means one of the leaders of the law in Israel. Concerning zeal, oh, my zeal is so great, I'm persecuting the church. Touching the righteousness which is in the law, I'm blameless. That means I'm doing the law. I'm everything that's there to be done. It's, my life just falls right into place in the law. But what things were gained to me, oh, here it comes. I hope there's some ministers watching today. I hope there's some ministers watching today who God, by His Spirit, will be able to bring to a conclusion that I have just wasted so many years. I've wasted so many years. And it's not that you hadn't led people to Christ and, and got them saved through faith in the blood, but we've led them astray for years in not offering them the truth now that they might be led by the Spirit in the path of righteousness. Now, we've brought other ways to live for God other than the way that He saved us. There's only one way with God. The way we got saved is the way we live, and there's no other way. It's not now we're in, now we've got to look for... I remember reading books years ago about father-son relationships and you've got to have a father over you and he's got to have a father over them and we and we distorted Scripture and, and, and said we had to have a covering and we had to have a pastor and he had to have a pastor and he had to have a pastor cover him and if you didn't, you know, and we use Scripture like Elijah and Elisha and Paul and Timothy and all these other uh, things in the Word. We, that's not what the Bible's to be used for, my friend. That was pointing to us and what we thought we had to do to find the blessing of God. Listen, I don't need a covering except the blood of Jesus. You don't, you're not, listen, if you're covered by anything but the blood of Jesus, then you're a Judaizer. And you're teaching Judaism. Even if you're getting people saved by way of the cross, you're teaching them to live under law. Listen to this. This is Paul now. If you're going to preach the gospel, Paul is your example as a preacher. Watch this. But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Mm. You know, he, said, he goes on to say, Yeah, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge. That means the knowledge of Christ that excels. The excelling, the excellent, the excelling knowledge of Christ. That knowledge that excels me forward, that continues to lead me of Christ, grows me, profits me, affects me properly according to the benefits of Calvary. Jesus of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. I've already won Christ, bless God. Well, you need to back up from that attitude, my friend, and you need to say, if Paul was already saved, filled with the Spirit of God, given the revelation of the new covenant, the cross of Christ, what really happened there, what it really meant for us today, and he's the only one that God gave it to, by the way. If he's talking about he wants to win Christ, you better go look that word up and see how you can, what it can really mean if you've got an attitude, well, I've already won Christ. I, I guess I'm just going through the motions. No, no, that word means gain. That I might gain more. That I might get this knowledge that never stops growing. That it continually will excel me forward, profit me, affect me properly in my being, conformed into His image, be in a greater fellowship with Him more than ever before in the past. If you're looking for God to bring you back to where you used to be, you can just cut that off, my friend. If you'll come back to the way of the cross, God will give you today better than, your fellowship will be better than it ever was before. God don't ever go back to the way things were. He gives you today what you need today. And that fellowship can be sweet, my friend. And it don't have to be make-believe. It don't have to be fake. It can be real through your faith in the cross. 
What have you lost, spiritually speaking, spiritually speaking, since you came to Christ? Not the things that were obviously wrong, such as drugs and alcohol, but the things you thought were right. How many of you know lost people? That we have a conscience. We're born with it. Before we smoked that first joint, we knew we shouldn't have been. When we took that first drink of hard liquor, we went, <coughs> why would anybody drink this? But we just pushed our way on through the flesh to be somebody. You know, we have a conscience even before we're saved. We prove we know the difference between right and wrong. Paul says the law was written engraved in our hearts when we were born, even as Gentiles. And the manifestation of that is that we accuse each other, condemn each other of sin, or we excuse each other if it's benefiting us. So that's before we're saved. But once you've been saved, watch this now. This question I just asked, you've got to think about this today. When you got saved and the drugs fell off and the foul mouth fell off, those things were obvious to you. They weren't right. The proof of that was you cussed all day. But when you got around a preacher, you didn't cuss no more. That's called conviction, my friend. That's called the manifestation of, I know I really shouldn't be talking this way. You get around your mama, you don't cuss no more. You say, bless God, I do. Well, your mama's a sinner like you then. You know what I'm trying to prove a point here? <clears throat> what have you let go of that you thought was right before God? That's what Paul's talking about here. Man, I thought I was right with God. I thought I was doing everything right. I thought, man, this has got to be it. This is it. This, this is it. And then the revelation of Christ comes. What have you let go of that you thought was right. Because some things we're still holding on to because we think they're right. If they're not faith in the cross, then it's faith in what we're doing. Mm. Yeah, the drugs went. Yeah, the foul mouth went. Yeah, the line. Yeah, the, all these things, the cigarettes, the alcohol, all these things went. But what those things were obvious. They wrong. They ain't good for me. They're hurting my testimony uh, with the world, my witness unto God. But what about the things I've held dear to that Paul had to let go that I'm going to have to let go of too? Gain and loss are always occurring at the same time in our relationship with Christ, but only as we're gaining, as we're choosing to go with Christ, which is only done through faith in the cross. Outside of the Jews' religion, outside of any legal manner, outside of any, any, anything you're being told you have to do to get closer to God. You have to do to get saved. You have to do to get sanctified. Other than simply believe in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and fight to keep believing that. Anything other than that alone is going to bring you into a place where there's just, really you're resisting, you're rejecting the grace of God. And, and a lot of people, even most preachers today, are preaching the grace of God while rejecting it while they preach. They try to preach a message on grace, but they talk about what you got to do to get it. See how ignorant we can be. I didn't say people are stupid. I said they're ignorant. And ignorance means I don't know that I don't know. That's deception. I don't know that I don't know. But messengers, God puts people in your life to speak the truth into your life. Listen, same reason God put Paul in these Gauls' life, in these Galatians' life, is so they could get saved initially, and then when they'd get off track, God would have to write a letter to them. Listen, listen it was a letter that got sent there. How many, how many people today do you think would receive a letter? Well, he ain't even here. He can't see us. I'm telling you, there was a few that would. There's a few today that's still receiving the letter that came from the Lord through Paul to, to, to empower us through our faith in coming back to the cross of Christ alone, acknowledging that really all I've worked so hard for that's only pleasing men is dung. You know I've got a, a bachelor's degree. But there's, it, there's only one time in my life that bachelor's degree has done me any good, and that's on a secular job when I had it. There came a tie 
in me and this other person who's going to get the job. So they looked a little deeper in my records and saw that I had a bachelor's degree. And they said, all right, they don't, you do, you got it. It was a tie, you win. That's the only thing that thing's going to do for me. I would never pastor a church that required me to have any kind of degree with men. I wouldn't pastor there if they required that. Because that's man's requirements. All I need is the gospel. If I can't come in and just preach the gospel, if you're looking for me to have an IQ or, or to have all these things that you're going to pay me to do and all these things, I'm not your man. It's kind of like preaching a funeral. If I can't preach the gospel at a funeral, I'm not your man. If you don't want to hear about the gospel, I'm not your man. And you're not going to like me very much. And you don't really like Paul if you don't want to hear about the cross. And when you're reading the New Testament, you really don't even know what you're reading unless you're seeing it in the way the Holy Spirit's teaching it. If we're gaining Christ, we're letting go of the things that have held. If we're gaining Christ, if we're winning Christ, I've get, let that attitude go, I've already won Him. No, Paul, at this point, again, I'll tell you, he's saying, man, I'm letting go of everything. I'm counting it all dung. I've got to count it all dung before I can continue in the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. They both don't happen at the same time. I mean, you can't, you can't be growing in what Paul was in and the things of the church of God. You can't grow under law. There's no growth under law because God don't work under law. God only works in the truth, which is a man named Jesus, what he did at Calvary. Are you with me today? If we're gaining Christ, we're losing the world. It's obvious. A lady told me when uh, we first began this ministry back in 2005, she said, Curtis, I... Or she sent word to me. She didn't tell me. She said, I, I fear that Curtis has, has cut himself off from all the ministers that he's been in fellowship with the last several years. And you know, my thought about that was I, I really haven't cut myself off from anybody. I just began to grow in the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. I just allowed the Holy Spirit to bring me back to the only fruitful place that exists, faith. In Christ and Him crucified. Now there's been a lot of people who've removed themselves from me. Preachers that I've known in the past who would say, yeah, that's right. But they, they, there's no fellowship there. There's no fellowship there. I didn't cut myself off from them, but they cut themselves off from the truth. They don't want to hear the truth. They want to stay in their psychological lane, which is not on the, in the race with God. You know, there's a whole lot of issues that are sinful issues in the body of Christ today, but the only answer is the cross. It's not the cross and. The and brings in the Judaizer religion. The Jews' religion. Works that God can't honor. Any works that we've been called to walk in, Ephesians 2.10, are in Christ. That means through our faith in the cross. Amen. I'm going to say this again. Gain and loss are always occurring at the same time in our relationship with Christ, but only as we're gaining. You know, the reason I stopped smoking dope is because I was growing closer to Jesus. Relationship, fellowship was being more intense, more intimate, stronger. The reason I would stop drinking is because the Lord was showing me He's all that I need. I'll give this little testimony here at the end of this session on my own self. Back in 1996, I had been using nasal spray for 14 years. Started in 1983, stopped up. Somebody went to the store and said, does anybody need anything? I said, man, I can't breathe. Bring me some nasal spray. Na nasal. Nasal spray. They brought it to me and I shot it up my nose. Wow, I could breathe. Fourteen years later, I had gone from once a week now to once every ten minutes. And I knew I was addicted to something that I, I really shouldn't be. It wasn't affecting my mind. It wasn't affecting the, the way I act, the way I think. But I knew I shouldn't be addicted to anything. Just conviction. And I was at church one night and the Lord told me at a church service, I'm all that you need. 
And I knew what he was talking about. It was a word to me, for me, inside of me. He didn't speak it to somebody else to me. He just told me, I'm all that you need. And he was referring to, you don't need those that nasal spray. So I left there that night believing more than ever before that he was all that I needed. My relationship with Christ. And you know what? I didn't go home and... Wasn't, a, wasn't not a miracle. I didn't become unstopped, but I never bought no spray again, even though my tongue was bigger than my head for about 90 days and as dry as sandpaper, and I suffered through. But, the, but I, just through me knowing that Jesus was all I needed and that He was going to take that away, I drew, the more I drew closer and trusted in Him, the more things fell off of me. But you've got to be careful about stopping in a certain place, because we're talking about the knowledge that excels, the excellency of the knowledge of Christ, where we continue to gain more of Him. That's, this is the revelation Paul was having when he said, Oh, that I may know Him. And for years we've read that and said, Well, He already knew Him. I already know Him. You know, come on now. What's, what's that about? That I may have more. That I may know Him more. That I may gain Him more. That I may be more intimate, more trusting in Him. What's, Watching Him do more in my life through me. But listen, before our desire is to be used, our greatest desire has to be to be in fellowship with Him. Through that, the being used flows. Amen? We'll read verse 15 today. Y'all held me up there a little bit, so uh, we'll move right on into this verse 15. Let me back up and read it from 14. And profited in the Jews' religion above many my equals in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous of the traditions of my fathers. And boy, can I, I, I know I'm getting caught up on these rabbit trails, but I can't help it. That's really what denominationalism really is. God's calling people out of that. God wants that over. He wants that through. He wants the end of that to happen. Do you hear me? Who you think you are, you little old redneck from Texas? I'm telling you, God didn't start them, and God don't want them happening. He wants it over. It's a, it's a, it's a, it is a rejection of unity. And listen, here it is right here in the Bible, but more exceedingly zealous of the traditions of my fathers. Preachers are praying that God would save their pulpits from alcohol, from homosexuality and lesbianism but they're really referring to their denominations. Listen, I'm in charge of my pulpit. Amen. I determine. I don't have a, 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 a superintendent, a, a hierarchy over me that's going to tell me what's going to happen in my pulpit. And that right there is one of the great proofs that God, it's not God's intention that a man be over a preacher, over a church, telling him what he can and what he can't preach or who will and won't preach in his pulpit. Somebody said amen. I told you you'd have to get mad before you got glad. And God's calling many of you out and you're just sitting there ignoring him. You're just saying that can't be God. Let me tell you another little story. I stole a bunch of stuff one time years ago, and uh, and 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 I had it in my closet. And this was a long time ago. But every time I'd go in that closet, I'd hear a voice telling me, "That's not yours. You need to return that." And I'd say, "I rebuke you in the name of Jesus." I'm freed by the blood from anything in the past. And every time I'd go in that closet, I'd hear that voice telling me, that doesn't belong to you. You need to return that. And I'd say, I rebuke you, devil, in the name of Jesus. And eventually it dawned on me, it wasn't the devil. What I was calling the devil was God telling me, that's not yours. You can do something about it. Take it back. And when I did, God moved in my life. When I finally heard him, trusted him. And if you think you're protecting somebody, helping somebody by staying in that mess you're in, let me tell you on behalf of God this morning, you are not. You are hurting them. And quit reasoning and wondering what will happen to you if you get up and get out. Just do what God's telling you to do. And God will show you the rest of the way when you first give him leeway to lead you in your life by obeying his voice. Amen. 
He says in verse 15, But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by His grace. I can't wait till next week to get into this. This is going to be really good. This uh, It was good today, but it's going to be really good next week. We're going to get into this particular portion of Paul telling us that it pleased God separated him from his mother's womb, and called him by his grace. Praise God. Just like he did Jeremiah, we'll look at that next week, just like he has you and me for such a time as this to be a witness unto him. I'm excited to be here every week with you to share the word of God, and sometimes it does get a little rough, but you know what? They killed every one of the prophets in the Old Testament because they said that's a little too rough, and we not want to listen to that. We want you to just get up and tell us it's going to be all right, and God's pleased with us the way we are, and surely He won't let us go into captivity. Surely that's not going to happen. And I got news for you. Captivity, even for saints of God today, is inevitable without faith in the cross of Jesus Christ. And I'm thankful to know that, and I'm thankful to have you tuning in, learning God's Word in truth with us every week. It's not about us. It's about Jesus. It's not about our church or our preacher. It's about Jesus. And I thank God that He's able to bring that remnant. He's bringing that remnant back to faith and grace today. And I'm praying for you. I love you enough to tell you the truth. And I thank God for those of you that support this ministry prayerfully and financially. And don't forget to share this message on social media. Folk need to hear it who are suffering and dying, perishing for their lack of, lack of knowledge. God's own people. So till next week, God bless you and we love you.